You are now listening to Carly's Couch. I'm Carly. And I'm Lex. In this podcast, we discuss a wide array of topics about life and how to live your best life. Whatever that looks like for you. (laughs) Hope y'all enjoy. What is our inner child? On this week's episode, we explore what it is and why it's important. Buenos dias. Happy Monday. Welcome to Carly's Couch. Excited that you're here joining us yet again. Carly, how are you feeling today? I'm sleepy. <laughs> I'm not even going to hold you. I'm tired Why today. Why is that? I, man, um, we'll talk about it more in our shout out later, but I'm just tired. I overworked myself yesterday, like working out wise and didn't eat enough. And so my body is just, you know, recovering. So I'm actually like tired. Oh, but okay. I feel good because I just got a haircut. If you're watching the video. Yeah, shout, shout out, out uh, shout out her. I'm about to say Barbara, but she don't <laughs> yeah. have a fade. Don't worry. <laughs> you got to watch the video to find out, though. You don't know. She does not have a fade. I will <laughs> let you know that. Um, but it does look good. Um, good. I'm glad. Uh, I don't know if it's one of those, like, you're tired. And since it's because of, you know, actually working hard, that that feels good. I know for me, um, when I'm feeling, like, tired from, like, being productive or for getting things done, that feels like a good tired. I like that kind of tired. Um, and especially because for us recording, we're going into the weekend, too. So it's just, like, nice. Unless you got a lot of stuff going on uh, this weekend, which I don't. I'll be trying to chill. So um, hopefully you're less tired in the next few days. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited. I chill most of the time. So um, it's good. Like on weekends and stuff, I try not to overpack myself, like to have no commitments, essentially, so I can move how I want to move. Mine is like the Hobarters and stuff. You be at uh, different events and things, oh, right? Speaking of, yeah. Um, well, it'll be past whenever this airs. But <laughs> as I'd be doing my first market since August, maybe. I haven't done one in a while, thank you. Oh, that's God. only a month, though. I was about to say, isn't it just August? Like but months. it's October now. Yes, because it was too hot. The last, man, so the last <laughs> one I went to, all of my butters melted, every single one of them. Mm. And that's, like, when you're in the middle of a business, you don't know what you don't know until you're there. And so what I learned is you don't need actual butters for the display, especially when it's 100 degrees. Put the empty <laughs> joints out. Have the little empty oh, joints yeah. to stock the table. And then get an ice chest, because guess who left the thing? Shout out to Lala for watching the table. So I could go buy an ice chest to put my damn butters in. That's real. And then when I uh, went camping with my friends like a few weeks ago, I took one of the butters, and it was getting down to like 40-something degrees at night. And so I would open it in the morning and be like, dang, I couldn't even do nothing with it, because it was like a rock (laughs) also. (laughs) So I was like, well. So, yeah, you do have to have the right temperature uh, to utilize your butters, FYI. So you don't, you shouldn't keep it like in the freezer or fridge probably yeah maybe the fridge during the summer but like outside of that it's usually pretty stable but i felt good because an older black woman at the market was like well honey at least mm-hmm. that's how you know that they're holistic or yeah, she was like because if, if they stayed the same texture the entire time like mm-hmm. you have some mad preservatives in there yeah that's true that's true well here's the lessons learned um and you being ashy while camping right <laughs> no i had some other lotion i just had to use regular lotion that i had some hand cream or something um but today we are excited to talk to you all once again speak with you fyi leave comments engage back with us after we have this conversation um but carly and i are going to talk about our inner child um how many of you are even familiar with like what an inner child is um and carly how long since they actually can't answer right now, how long have you been like aware of this concept of an inner child? I've been aware almost for the better part of 10 years, give or take, but, um, um that's a long time. But yeah. But now like researched, I had just heard the term. Um, and 
learned it actually in therapy, you know, but it wasn't something we ex- like ex- specifically worked on. So I didn't do a lot of exploration. I had just heard it. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting and didn't really delve into it. But lately I've been seeing it like come up a lot more. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's actually really interesting to talk about and explore a little bit because I think either most people, um, are you familiar with it, with the term inner child? Mm-hmm, I am now, but only like recently, maybe within the last like year or so had I really read about it or known like really like how to apply like what they're talking about Mm -hmm. and so I think most people either like don't know or are kind Mm -hmm. of newer to it or like me maybe you heard it but now you're only really starting to maybe explore what it is or in the psychological sense too because I think that um we like in pop culture and for years like when you hear the term inner child a lot of times for people the first thing you would think of or what this concept meant to me before the last year or so was uh, thinking about the concept of like being childlike, having you know a spirit of exploration, um, honoring your inner child by like having fun with your life, things like that, like not taking things too seriously. I think that's a motif you can see in movies and stuff like that mm-hmm. too, where it's just like tap into your inner child. So I think in that that um, kind of way of looking at the concept, I would have before the last couple of years thought about it that way. Like if you're talking about your inner child, you're just talking about you know, not taking life so seriously all the time. And I think that's even the roots of it kind of whenever it comes to the more psychological side because it's a concept from psychology originally coined, they say, by Carl Jung or Jung. I don't know how to say his name specifically. but um, And it is the un- the childlike part of your unconscious mind that they're referring mm-hmm. to. So a lot of times in those psychological studies and a lot of the healing work and stuff that they do is about that childlike part of you. Yeah, but the, I think when we're talking about it in this case and in psychology, it's taking it much more a step further into, like, what does that mean for you in your life? How do you, A, kind of explain, like, who you are now? B, how can you honor yourself by kind of going back and recognizing things that affected you as a child and that you still hold on to them? Mm-hmm. And I think that that stuff is, like, a little bit more serious and, like, a little more of, like, an application to thinking about your inner child as opposed to um, in culture when we see, like, talking about, like, you know, bring out your inner child. Um, oh, yeah. I think this has more to do, or when I think about it in this sense, I think more about traumas with big T's and little T's and um, how it's important for us to notice in our everyday life when you revert back to uh, your inner child or or an inner child stage. That's mm-hmm. kind of what I think about now. Um, and when I've heard something about it recently or the thing that's like, I guess, the top of my mind on listening uh, to podcasts was, and I don't remember what it was or who it was talking, um, but they were talking about like in your moments of, let's say you have an argument with somebody or in your moments of feeling embarrassed about something or ashamed or, you know, some type of strong emotion, um, the way you react, if it's not kind of a healthy way or you're triggered by something, whatever, looking back at those experiences, you can think like, wait a minute, like what age did I just go back to? Like, did that remind me of like when my mom used to yell at me or, you know, something like that, something that you grew up with? Or did that remind me like, oh, I'm not good enough um, because of something a teacher has said or whatever. And so the way that we act now sometimes can show that we're reverting uh, to a particular stage of our lives, even mentally now. And if you can just recognize at least maybe like, dang, that was my 12-year-old self. Like, I know where that came from or what that was, that you can potentially work through and like, what are the things that got instilled in me at that point? Why did I react that way? And then like, how can you, 
kind of start to see through that. So those things trigger you less or so you revert back less and you respond more like your 30 something or however old you are self. And that's the episode, y'all. I know, I'm sorry. No, I that's great. No, that's great. That, so that's that's what I think about with the inner child. That's why I think it's important to talk about it and to think about it. Um, have you ever had like any like real-life conversations about it? Because I even had one recently with somebody about it. Yeah, I have, and it was in the context of what you were saying. It's like when you notice if you revert back, like if you have a reaction that is it, like, isn't warranted in the situation or like you feel like you overreacted to something and had a very strong emotion for something that, you know, didn't, wasn't that deep essentially and when I was talking through it with the person it was like man yeah I I definitely was back in my in my child so like mm. me responding to you like that like I got triggered and that just happened and I didn't even know it was gonna happen and that's yeah and the quickest way I think too to identify it or to recognize it um now that you're hearing the term is also when you literally are if you if they are around and if you're able to when you literally are around or talk to your parents like for me, and I know I have friends who they say the same thing. It's like, as soon as you, like, answer the call or, like, you know what I mean? Like, you're you're back at home. It's kind of like, dang, like, I'm going to just chill. Like, or, you know, like, you're only going to respond to them a certain type of way um, as opposed to, like, as an adult, right? Like, so if I go home, and I'm 37, if I go home and I'm like, I'm about to go grab a bottle of wine from the store or something. Then I already know, like, my parents about to have something to say. And, like, do you, are you, do you think you might be drinking too much? Or something? And it's like, y'all, it's not – like, it's not really that deep, and you just, like, you're automatically a little more frustrated and annoyed, mm -hmm. and so you just don't say certain things, or you just don't do certain things, because you don't even want to avoid the conversations, or um, with certain people talking about, uh, maybe not even just politics, but, like, social issues, just, you know, things where you know you're about to have a conversation, it's like, I'm not really trying to get into this, um, you kind of revert back to just being silent, or avoiding it, or whatever, whereas maybe with your friends, I would argue with you about, you know, Kanye West, or about whatever's going on, and feel like I could be in myself doing that. Um, so I think it's very interesting that all of a sudden it's like you kind of police yourself or uh, you are reverting back to that person being like an authority or whatever um, when you kind of pull back from being who you fully are now in those situations. Mm. You want to share any about the conversation you had recently? Yeah, I, I feel like I talked about this on here before, so I'm going to make it super brief. Um but I have a, a guy friend who's talking about how much he's, like, wanting a baby right now. And I was like, okay. As in, like, he's like, yeah, I don't even really care about the relationship. I just I think I really want to have a child. And I was like, okay. I was like, hmm, maybe this really signifies, um, you know, something about yourself and that maybe there you want to take care of somebody or you want to provide for somebody or you want to love somebody. Um, have that kind of, like, that, oh, comfort and, you know, this legacy or whatever. Maybe – all of that is really what you want slash should slash need to do for yourself. Um, because I know about all his like a lot of childhood issues and things like that. It's like, to me, that sounds like an inner child thing where then like he got on me. Cause I, you know, like, why are you trying to psych psychologize or whatever word that would be psychologize. <laughs> psychologize him or, you know, whatever, which I wasn't really, you don't be trying to do that. But also it's like, I don't know. You know how sometimes you talk to people and it feels like, hmm, this clearly is, it sounds like this to me. Um, but I was like, yeah, it sounds like something like, you know, where it's like you need to maybe baby yourself, give yourself some love and mm. care and all those things, which I don't know. I also hate hearing that stuff too. Cause it's like, I don't why, for whatever reason, like we don't want to do that stuff for ourselves. Like I want somebody else to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I it was kind of interesting that as I learned about stuff like inner child, all these different types of concepts and, and ways of self-realization, essentially, um, 
how you kind of can start to see that in real life and have those conversations. And I don't know, I think it's pretty interesting. Yeah, and I think um, going back to your story earlier, it's important because it allows us the opportunity to heal some of those things. Like if we mm-hmm. notice consistencies, like consistent outbursts and romantic relationships when something happens, like if you're able to, you know, be there for yourself and kind of heal that wound, like it might not happen as much, which helps mm-hmm. you and your partner. Mm-hmm. And um, something that you were finding in your research of it, which I never thought about it exactly like this, or it's a good way, I think, to, to describe it, is that to do the work of kind of looking at your inner child and healing that is like you're reparenting yourself, which makes sense to use that term um, because it it is like, all right, going back to this age, how do I get through that and like mentally or whatever kind of move through? Um, and it is like, how can you show yourself what you really needed then? Or how can you b- better believe, you know, the things that you know to be true now, but you still revert back? Um, so it is kind of like having to, unlearn and then grow again which I think is so funny that everything seems to be about unlearning um in in life um and how everything is low-key is your parents fault I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad and if you're a parent I'm trying to make you feel bad but it's a very imperfect job and um it's something that I think is interesting and it makes sense for us to always make sure we teach our children how to learn and and to be curious and things other things we've talked about too because at some point is some behavior or something they internalize. It might not even necessarily have been your fault, but like that they internalize from experiences of parenting that that's what makes them partly what can make them who they are. So it's a lot of unlearning to do. Man, I feel like adulthood is unlearning everything we learned mm-hmm. up until this point and then relearning like who right. we really are. Just to be free be. for Yo, real. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a, it's a cycle and it's so interesting. Um, but I think the, the reparenting part is interesting. And that's something that I'll talk a little bit about later in like my own journey with kind of like my inner child. But whenever you are able to heal those things, like it improves your emotional regulation. It can help you identify like root causes. Like if you keep picking emotionally unavailable partners or people Mm -hmm. who like won't show up for you, or if you keep finding yourself in all these interesting situations for lack of a better word, like, you know, it all stems from that. Mm -hmm. And that pattern, well, let me not use pattern 500 times, but that process of, taking the responsibility and accountability to recognize patterns in your life is uh, super important. And to me, I feel like that would be part of like doing the work on your inner child, because whether that's going back to seven, 15, 18 or 23, you know, however old you are, like always kind of going back and to be able to recognize something that you're doing now. And then to ask like, yeah, what is my pattern with that? I think those are the important questions to ask and, and to think about and how fortunate it is, even though it sometimes can feel like a curse, but like how fortunate to have kind of those moments where you can hopefully be honest with yourself or think about like what it is that's happening, what it is you're doing in your day-to-day life, what that really means and shows based on your patterns and then help you to make different decisions or better decisions that serve you moving forward. Um, that's like what it's all about really. Yeah, and that's important because all of us have our own things that we need to heal. Um, I was, when I was researching about inner child, because again, we're no experts and no psychologists, so definitely talk to your therapist again to talk to about this. Um, But I was like, you know, maybe not everybody needs inner child work. Maybe everybody does, but maybe they don't. But what are some signs or things that people can realize in their own life, patterns and things you can notice that might tell you that you need to do some inner child work? 
Well, can you think of any reasons why a person wouldn't, though? Like, anything off top? No. Because I, most of our, most exploration of, like, us having to talk to a therapist or even a friend, whoever, or, like, maybe working through a thing or just whatever reasons, if you're a person who's trying to improve your life, I kind of hate saying, like, improve your life, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you're trying to piece things together and navigate life, like, I'm trying to think of, when, like, when would you not need to kind of look back at what makes you who you are um, unless your focus is, even if it's maybe on anxiety or the things where you're thinking so hard about the future, but even a lot of that comes from That's because, fine. like, dang, you knew you had that list of chores every Saturday. I could, I knew I couldn't even open my eyes without seeing this dang on list of chores. Like, so it's like, you know, you all, it's always something to do or, or because back in the day, like, your parents, and again, none of this is, like, bad as far as, like, your parents necessarily, but, like, these are the things that do it. Um, but, like, your parents, like, they praise you so much when you get these A's on your report card, and you're like, oh, I know I got to I gotta do well. Like, I got to do well, I got to do well. And that's what makes you now anxious about how you perform and how you do things. Like, it, everything is rooted in, in your childhood. Um, not to say that there's not things that could just happen today or tomorrow or whatever that, like, completely change the course of your life, but um, I think anybody could benefit from inner child work in just being more themselves and learning more about themselves in general. Um, but to get specific on like, man, maybe you should really like bring this up with somebody or look for somebody to talk to specifically about it. Um, I would say if there are certain situations currently in your life where you shut down, um, mm -hmm. if you, if you have certain troubles like communicating or shutting down in communication, um, whether it's shutting down or maybe blowing up in communication, I think maybe that's something where you can look back at like, hmm, what's kind of threatening you at this time? What's making you feel unsafe at this time? Um, as a child, your biggest thing is like, you want to be safe and you want to be loved. Um, and so at a point with your communication, I think shutting down is when like, you don't really feel safe really showing yourself. Um, and that to me is, easily goes back to like as a kid like you kind of try to make yourself less you know in the way or whatever so that's one thing I would say is if your communication style is something particularly uh explosive or withheld mm -hmm. and building on that I think if you have big reactions to unmet needs or like smaller things so for example somebody falls through on something and all of a sudden you're in this big fit, which is fine to be disappointed. But if you have consistently big reactions to seemingly unwarranted like situations, like that could be a sign. Um, if you have difficulty explaining your emotions or being in touch with them, um, you mentioned communicating them. Mm -hmm. uh, mentioned if you have really toxic relationship patterns and that could be friends, that could be romantic, that could be whatever. But if things are always happening like big blowups or People seem to always take advantage of you. If if you have patterns, like I think that's any time. Like if you feel very unseen and unheard consistently, like all of these could be signs that you, you know, could work on your inner child a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, another thing to go off of the toxic relationships piece that I would mention is also looking at your um, relationship with intimacy with other people in general, whether it's a relationship or a friend, parents, whoever. Um, I think your ability slash inability to be intimate with people, to be close to them, um, also kind of highlights or puts a, shines a light on like how vulnerable you're willing to be um, and how comfortable you feel 
being yourself or expressing to others as well to kind of be another form of like that communication I was talking about. Uh, so I think that's something that you could look at as well and let you know, like, okay, if I uh, have trouble like building like real relationships with people in general, or if I don't feel comfortable and with people in different um, situations, then that's probably like some inner child work to do there as well. And so maybe like with us talking about this, maybe the question is less about like, and what, what things could mean you need inner child work. And it's more of, um, it's more of like, how can you identify where you need to do that work? Because like, I, I don't know, from the way we're talking, it, it's like anything, right? Like, anything that is a thing whether you have trouble waking up in the morning or whether you know you feel like man all my relationships are terrible or whether you feel like oh I'm always anxious about work like it's always it's going to be something but we can talk maybe more about um how to identify like somewhere to start mm -hmm. um I think one easy well not easy let me not say that that's bad wording but um one place to start is if you feel codependent or like you're always like looking for something to complete you or make you feel worthy, whether it's a person or constantly achieving things or doing things like you feel like external sources are what's going to give you validation and make you feel whole. Like that's probably a great place to start. Mm -hmm. But everybody has that. Like everybody, um, there's certain things, like we said, we all have a want and need for validation in different areas. But if you recognize where that matters for you, then I think that's where to start. Um, like you were saying, like whether that's, oh, I'm looking for love or whether it's oh, I'm looking for accolades or whatever that thing is, um, then maybe start thinking about or journaling or talking to somebody or a parent or whatever about like what that how that felt as a kid or like what was that about as a kid um, to maybe start having the conversation there. You talked about this. You, you Well, you said that you've heard about it for like 10 years and you mentioned therapy is this something like a therapist walked you through like a process not in regards to just inner child mm -hmm. but um we did talk about how when I notice that I'm having big reactions to things like how I can calm myself down and be you know kind of repair myself like coddle myself or console myself in the moment um and there's like actual physical things like that you can do that help calm down your nervous system and help reset your vagus nerve and da 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 all those but a lot of it is really talking to yourself so if you've ever noticed yourself being really anxious and it's like you know actually Cece, like we doing good today like it's okay let's take some breaths and and do what you would do essentially to a child but with yourself so you're saying that the a therapist helped you recognize but they they helped you recognize that 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 you're going back to a childlike place or um, that's just them showing you the, the way they gave you those uh, things to try showed you that you were re you were parenting as yourself as like a child. Yeah. So the conversations with my therapist, like I said, it was never a do this because of this equals this. It's mm -hmm. never like that. But throughout the conversations, my takeaway is like, oh, in those moments when I'm having those big reactions and reverting back to a child, to my word is not theirs. Yeah. But that's that's the part I'm, I guess I was trying to get to. I need to ask it better is did did this person say, like, ask you about your childhood and try to, like, identify that you were in a certain area in your life and. Or connecting that to your past and to your childhood. Yeah, as I say, more so the latter than the, okay. than the former. So it's never been like, hey, we're going to take this and like, when did you feel this? Which I feel like some therapists might, and I'm not saying that that's bad, but mine more specifically was like, oh, 
when have when else have you felt like this in your life? Mm-hmm, or when mm-hmm. else do you notice these big reactions and things? And then we kind of go through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think th- I think that's the way like you identify that oh how much something might have been in the past. Because similarly, um, what I'll find happen is it starts with something today, and you're going through like what happened or how you felt. And then I think I feel like they tend to probe more into all right, how you feel, what does that feel like? And then some kind of way we end up getting to, um, yeah, that's similar to like my parents, something, something, something. Or, and then that's when like I realized like, oh, okay, like that connecting the dots with where something had stemmed from um, and me feeling the way that I feel or behaving the way I was behaving. Um, so I always liked that because it happened so much more frequently than I would have expected. And then it made me realize so many things about. Um, like a disconnect between like something that's me and something that's like, oh, this is kind of like just a path that I had took or, um, and it's not necessarily me. Like it's something that you can change, you can fix, whatever. Um, but I always love that when I realized like, um, or that another person was like, oh, like, yeah, just like my dad, this, this, this. And it's like, oh, you're kind of like going towards something that makes you feel the same way like you felt as a kid or you're looking for that whatever from this person that you would look for from your parents. And I love those connections because I think it's just like super interesting. It is. And I think that's the beautiful part of the inner child work is it really like by retracing those past experiences and correlating them to what's happening in the present, mm-hmm. you discover like the reason behind those fears or why mm-hmm. you feel so anxious or why you feel like you have to shut down and in your own like fears, phobias, life patterns, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then you're I love what you said. You realize that it's not really you and that you can change those things like certain things that we have are just practice behaviors, but they're not like a part of who we are necessarily. Mm-hmm. And then I like that once you start to see things more through that lens everything's mm, well our things are less like confusing like you know like it i don't know at this point now you just like dang all i knew is that like you know i mean you might be mad at yourself because you still respond a certain way or whatever but like you feel like you know more what's going on and you have more opportunity to do something different um because it's like so clear of like what what my mind is has always thought and is thinking and now I can take the moment to decide to do something different, do it the same. If I feel at least maybe now more responsible of like, if I know, I know what I'm doing and getting into maybe. Um, but yeah, it's just like you have a clearer picture instead of being kind of on autopilot about it. Um, so yeah, I like that, that you, you learn more about yourself. You see different ways that you can behave. Um, you can disassociate yourself. You can, you're essentially, you're actually growing up. Like, you know, as we get older, it's so funny, like, Adults are really not that much more mature than children a lot of times. Um, And it's because of this. Like, we really can move and move and move, and we have more responsibilities and all these things to think about, and yet we still can think in a certain way or revert in a certain ways. Um, So it's a really great way to, like, see yourself kind of grow more mature for real, for real. And it can be very quick, like within a year or a few months all of a sudden because Mm – just because certain things snapped and got into place. Um, And that's kind of what I love about that inner child work the most that like you can easily, once you, once it connects, you're like, Oh, and then everything else is like, you're kind of more in control of like, all right, I know what I'm doing and what happens is kind of a little bit more within your grasp. Yeah. And I, I feel like that was very freeing for me to realize that, you know, a lot of these things, or a lot of these ways I would react and feel really bad about it. Like, man, that make me feel like I'm less than and all these things. Like, bro, that stuff can change. And it does. Mm-hmm. And it really improves your relationships. 
it helps take away some of those negative narratives and a lot of the imposter syndrome and stuff when you realize, like, oh, this really was just because of X, Y, and Z. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. okay, I can can heal. I can actually move through this. Mm -hmm. Or you, and you can say too, like, oh man, I reacted because of that. But like in this situation, like this is just this. And whether it might warrant that sometimes or it doesn't, you can now separate it or recognize that that was really like baggage. Like all of this is about kind of deconstructing your baggage, essentially, when it comes to inner child work. Um, So in dealing with your inner child, reparenting, uh, we mentioned therapy, of course, as a good tool because it's always good for somebody else to ask you the probing questions mm-hmm. uh, to help you discover it for yourself, um, what's going on. So therapy is one way to do some inner child work. What are some other ways we can um, kind of approach it? You mentioned journaling earlier, mm-hmm. and that's not on here, but that is a huge one um, because then that kind of helps you walk through your own stories or you can write down patterns or notice when you're having things, and you'll be able to see it yourself either in the moment or whenever you revisit it. So yeah. writing is huge. Yeah, and maybe especially if you're writing and you specifically are asking yourself, right, like, all right, this is something that happened right now. When have I felt that way before? If you really ask yourself those questions and try to think about it, um, and experience as a kid, then you can easily, more easily kind of get there. And then looking at all that, at one time, it's like, okay, maybe there's some dots that you can connect. Mm -hmm. Um, Another one is learning to, so this goes with writing, but you can also just check in with yourself, like notice what you need, and then trying to give yourself that, which we know sometimes it's not as satisfying as other people doing it for you, but giving yourself that love and being your own caregiver. Mm -hmm. Um, Another way to help reparent yourself is to practice speaking kindly to yourself. Um... I like following uh, Supernova Mama. I don't know if that's really her name on there or not, but um, she talks about gentle parenting and uh, ways to parent children in kind of like a more like loving way um, on Twitter. And so, you know, when I'm always reading those things about parenting, I think it's interesting because I always think about like how I could apply those to myself as well sometimes. Um, she'll talk about, you know, even though it's, it's a child, you can still like respect their boundaries, give them choices, give them agency, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so there's a lot of opportunity you have to practice that with yourself to practice um, kind of what she's saying earlier is like giving yourself what you need, but like parent yourself and, and tell yourself the things that like, Oh, that's what I would have been more effective if I'd heard that um, versus whatever you might've grown up hearing or what you have internalized from your own past. So you can have a chance to speak to yourself in that way now um, when you are reverting to a younger self. Yeah, and I definitely, like I said, talk myself through big emotions and small emotions. I talk to myself all the time, but especially through those, like even watching the way that we speak to ourselves and how harshly we do. Um, And I also love following her. We need to have her on here talk about gentle parenting. Mm -hmm. Um, Something else is mindfulness, as always, um, just a great practice to help you ground and be able to be more present in the moment. But another one is a little bit what we talked about at the beginning in the sense of doing things that help you reconnect with your inner child. So, like, if you were little and you love playing the piano, but you ain't picked one up or picked, <laughs> you ain't played the piano in a very long time, maybe you try doing some of those things that you've lost touch with that can, you know, bring up emotions and, and those feelings and help you, you know, bring out your playful and creative side. Yeah, and then I know Lewis House does this, but you can also connect with your inner child by having an image somewhere near um, I think he said something about like he has a picture of himself as a as a child and he kind of looks at it like, um, you know, what do they need? And and just kind of asking the questions about like in that time, 
like what was important to you, what is important to you, what do you need, what do you desire, um, how can you honor yourself, et cetera. Almost kind of like how I guess maybe people with kids might look at their child and, and help them want to be a better person or do things a certain way. Uh, you can do that with yourself. This is all about treating yourself with the love, care, respect, and admiration that you need to feel good, move forward, um, without having to depend on other people for that. So um, take time to just revisit those photos and memories and just think about um, your childhood and the things you gained from that. Yeah, and I'd be interested to hear, you know, what stood out to y'all about this episode, like what things you're going to work on to love your inner, inner child and maybe reparent them a little bit. So, yeah, hit us on uh, Carly's Couch. You can leave a comment on the website, on Instagram, Twitter, et cetera. Um, and let us know your thoughts about inner child work. If you've done some, if from listening to this episode, maybe something clicked that you thought about. Um, and this week, be sure to try to have a little bit more um, awareness around the way you act and why. Just always ask yourself why. Uh, I think that's the easiest place to start. That's what I do very, very often. Like when I do any little thing, it's just like, dang, why'd I do that? And like really just explore with yourself. Yeah, so hit us at Carly's Couch on all the platforms, at Lextopia, at CC Fierce on Instagram. And this week we actually have a shout out, um, but not because y'all sent us one, because we have one. Uh, so this week's shout out is Keep It Run 100. It is a run club, and it was founded by Butta. Shout out to Butta. He noticed um, that he was gaining some weight as a father and wanted to lose some weight, but also he said he didn't see any black black people and brown people running around in the hood. And so he started a run club in South Central. Uh, it's free. It's great community. If you're trying to get out and walk and you live in L.A. and want to you know, feel supported, you can walk, you can run. Nobody moves too fast or too slow to join them. It's Tuesday nights um, at 7 p.m. starting at Veterans Park in Culver City. And then they have Three Mile Thursdays at 7 p.m. starting in Inglewood at Sip and Sonder. And we'll put their tag in the show notes so that you can follow them and support them and all the stuff they're doing. Do you know if those are uh, one-time locations or if that's they always start no, from the same place? Yeah, they always start okay. from the same place on Tuesday, Thursday. Because I thought they used to like move around um, from week to week. They have other days, I think, that they do. So, like, sometimes they do Women Wednesdays and other stuff. Mm -hmm. But the Tuesday, Thursdays are set, I believe. Yeah, and be sure um, to follow them. If you live in Los Angeles, you can follow them on Instagram, Keep It Run 100, and then you'll be able to for sure see just all the different things that they are doing uh, for the community and when they're having their runs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this week, we have a question of the week. Carly, what is the oddest way that you ever accidentally hurt yourself? Uh, two things. So, one... I was carrying a whole bunch of yoga mats when I was in yoga teacher training and I stepped in a hole like on a cartoon and threw all the yoga mats <laughs> and twisted my ankles so bad I had to be on crutches. It was, I, it was ridiculous. Um, <laughs> it automatically swole up to like huge. Oh, it was bad, man. I thought I broke, I was like, I'm never going to walk again. I was so dramatic in the moment, but it was so terrible. And then the other one is I almost knocked myself out. I left a cabinet open and I like leaned up real fast and the corner hit my head and yeah. I just knew I was going to pass out. But thank God I didn't. Just like in the home? Yeah. Mm. That poor cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> the oddest way um, I ever accidentally hurt myself was as a kid, I was roller skating down a grass hill and I had my arms out and apparently it brushed up against a wire that was sticking out of the ground and I electrocuted my arm. So it was like. I don't know why I was roller skating in grass, but also like there was just random wire. So that was completely not my shout fault. Yeah. Shout out Duke power. Um, but yeah, my whole arm was like real gross and we had to go to the hospital, get wrapped up and all that. But yeah, that's how I got electrocuted. Damn. I think electrocuted means dead, not to like be there. So shocked perhaps. 
our yes, I received an electric shock. Yeah, man. Yeah. So also let us know what's the oddest way you've ever been hurt. I'm glad you're okay because that's like a ridiculous one. They should have. You should have got a big check off of that joint. Yeah, parents probably being too nice, not trying to sue people. But I'm sure they took care of like all the medical stuff. But yeah, definitely, definitely should have had a different crib after that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Um, in my life, I'm I'm not gonna go high if that something like that happens to me. And I will collect all the coins I can collect. Um, we wish you a great week. We hope you got something out of this episode. Thank you for listening as always, and see you next time. Peace.